all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy this morning? Amen. Amen. I just want to acknowledge a family, Sister Veronica Lopez and Sister Beverly Bengo. If they can just wave there. Amen. (laughs) So they moved to this side of Whitbank. I'm told they were in Soweto, so when they came here, they were just listening to 
the messages on the podcast and then finally they decided let's go and see and here they are amen so you are welcome amen let's go to the reading of the weight how many said i was dead when they said let us go to the house of the lord Amen, brother. Is my phone on the on the fridge on top. Amen. As we turn to our Bibles to Matthew twenty Matthew seven twenty eight and twenty nine. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Found can. We just read it together. Sister Moyo had to rush back to Zimbabwe. Her uncle passed away. Amen. So don't be surprised when you don't see her. But all is well. The uncle was a believer. Amen. We, it gives us the inward pain when we asunder apart. But the beauty is we know where he has gone. Amen. So, wonderful. May God comfort the family in this time of bewilderment. Amen. And it came to pass. Are we all together? Just say to your neighbor, God bless you. Shall we go now? And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The scribes taught, but what they taught was devoid of authority. But what Jesus taught had authority. Amen. Let's try this one. Uh, Second Timothy 4. I won't read the rest of it. We'll read the other portions when you are sitting down. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the weight. Be instant in season. Out of season. Reprove, Reprove. rebuke, Rebuke. exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves the teachers. Having itching ears. 
Then they shall turn away their ears from the truth. And shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Not to me only, but unto all, unto all them also that love this appearing. Do their diligence to come shortly unto me. As we bow our heads, gracious Heavenly Father, as we report for duty this morning, songs of Zion have been sung unto thee as an acknowledgement that we are here to worship you. Dear God, we made our way this way because whenever we gather in this fashion, our souls get refreshed. We are not here to look at one another. That is not the main purpose, but the main purpose here it is to see how we measure up to the weight. And Lord, if there is any shortcoming, we are bound to make amendments so that that day when it comes, we should not be found wanting. Dear God, on that day, you said through your human lips that many shall come to you on that day and say, we have preached in your name, we have cast out demons in your name, but you said you shall say, depart from me, you doers of iniquity. And iniquity is something that we know we should do, but we are not doing. Dear God, help us not to be guilty of the sin of omission. Whatever needs to be spoken, let it be spoken. Where we need to keep our mouths shut, let us keep our mouths shut. As I'm reporting for duty this morning, I'm solemnly depending on thy grace and grace alone. My intelligence is of no need. My efforts are of no need. My articulation is of no need. What is needed is the Holy Ghost to take over and minister to the needs of your people. Whenever a service is under the operation of the Holy Ghost, the glory of God does come down. Believers get strengthened, get solidified. That's our desire, especially in these trying times where we can see winds of doctrines, where we can see isms and all kinds of things taking place. But I'm glad that you have provided a message of the hour, which is our spiritual shelter. We run into it and we are saved. We will never be ashamed of this message. We will never be, able, never be ashamed to declare this message. May you bless every man. May you bless every woman. May you bless every family. 
you know, dear God, whatever they need, may you minister them according to their needs. Dear God, you are such a God that achieves paradoxical results. A lot of times, dear God, things that you are able to do in our lives, sometimes we have to pinch ourselves because sometimes it is just too good to be true. But Lord, it is because of your love and mercy. And that is why we have come here. Before we can ask anything, we just want to say to you, we love you and appreciate you. And we thank you, dear God, that we are your children. What a grand privilege it is to be a child of the Most High God and adopted and positionally placed a child in this last day. Uh, Dear God, I commit everything to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. As you take your seats. Amen. All right. Amen. Now, just a couple of minutes. I think it will be, for a lack of a better word, somewhat just a progression from uh, a progression from the Sun uh, Wednesday service where we spoke about the power of conviction. Amen. Amen. We spoke about the difference between a preference and a conviction. And we looked into them. So this morning I want to speak on sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Amen. Amen. Are you here with me? Because uh, uh, I think Paul, when he wrote it to Timothy... He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So, but after their own last shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And I want to just zoom in and look at what is a sound doctrine. Amen. Now, let me come here. A doctrine, when we look at it, if the word sound biblically would refer to something that is uncorrupted. So a doctrine is a teaching. So that means it will be an uncorrupted teaching. But in the same breath, you are being warned. If you just be careful of the cable, the brothers. But in the same breath, you are warned that in the latter days, there will be false doctrines. There will be corrupted doctrines. But it says many will use the corrupted doctrines to move away from a sound doctrine, uncorrupted doctrine. Now, a doctrine is supposed to be based on the scriptures or a doctrine can either be based on experience or traditions. Hallelujah. A doctrine can be based on someone's experience or someone's tradition. And such a doctrine is bound to be corrupted. A real or sound doctrine must be based on scriptures. It must have a scriptural integrity. That is why I'm not so much moved by 
someone says we have done it like this for the past 40 years I want to know how it was done in the Bible because it can be 40 years of error or 40 years of traditions and we know that the commandments of men have made the word of God to be of none effect and that is why as I say it is just a progression from Wednesday service you can never have a conviction unless it is based on sound doctrine. And we said on Wednesday, you have to have a conviction, but today we say based on what? Based on sound doctrine. And therefore, what is sound doctrine? Are you still with me? Now, the prophet of God says in this message, maybe just to, because a lot of us, especially in the message, We've been divided by doctrines. Uh, brothers that used to eat together no longer eat together because they believe different doctrines. And again, yeah, uh, if, if your sound doctrine makes you to look down on a brother, it is not sound, it is corrupted. Because what's happening if it is a sound doctrine? It is bound to make you humble and wish that your brother could see what you are seeing. But if you look down on the brother, then it is of no effect. So already I'm just giving you that one of the ways to identify a sound doctrine, it has to be accompanied by uh, humility. You have to be humble. And that shows that because God hides himself in humility. Are you still with me? But you know, a lot of doctrines have created a superiority complex and most doctrines have broken brotherhood among the brethren and that is why before I speak about this sound doctrine maybe let me just put some uh, parameters in the message of the God hate 103 brother Brenham was answering a brother called brother Ness he says to answer your question I said now I do not take either sides with, breth- with you, brethren. So I guess there was a fuss that was going on between the brethren. And the prophet comes, he says, to answer your question, now I do not take either sides with you, brethren. But a human nature, we like to take? Amen. And I know, he says, and I know, I know as long as you fast, You are both? Uh, uh, Hallelujah. As long as both of you are fasting, you are both? Uh, That's the prophet already. He he doesn't interrogate what he's interrogating their attitude. And say, yes, you may have a good doctrine, but let me get to the conduct in relation to what you claim to believe. And if you both fast, you are both wrong. Then he says, see, because I would rather be wrong in my doctrine and right in my heart than to be right in my doctrine and wrong in my heart. Uh, Are you with me, brethren? How many times have we tried to, to polish our doctrine, but we never polished our hearts? Yes, the prophet, he says, I'm not so much interested. It doesn't mean doctrine is not important, but I'm just putting some parameters. He says, I'd rather be wrong in my doctrine, but right in my heart, than to be wrong in my heart and be right in my doctrine. 
I've met over the years people that are very right in their doctrine, but very wrong in their heart. It says, after all, it's your heart's condition, the condition of the heart. And I made that a practice to know this, that if a man, no matter what he does and how much he, he different, he is different, or what he says about me, if in my heart, not from just a duty, but from my heart, I can't love that man as well as I love anyone else, then I know there is something wrong in here. Do you get it, brethren? Are you here this morning? Ah, This one, let me read once more. He says, I made that a practice to know this, that if a man, no matter what he does and how much he is different, what he says about me, they will say things about you. Amen? Amen. And how much... uh, what he says about me, if in my heart, not from just a duty, but from my heart, I can't love that man as well as I love anyone else, then I know that there is something wrong in here. He was referring to the heart. Are you still with me? Now, in the message, Getting in the Spirit, paragraph 47, I'm just, before I get into sound doctrine, I just want to put some, some boundaries. Then it says, that's what we have tried to do for 2,000 years. And Pentecostal people, you are doing the same thing. Trying to pick him up by organization. You will never do it. You're separating yourself from other brothers. You've got to come back. And we've got to be one. I don't care, and then he says, I don't care if the man is wrong. If he is wrong and sincere in his heart, and you are right in your belief, and you are right in the acting, or the way you are acting, I would rather be in his place than be in your place. Are you reading with me there? He says, that's right. I would rather be wrong in my doctrine and right in my heart. God will respect it more. So if a man is wrong, what of it? Help him. If a man is wrong, don't laugh at him, don't make mockery. Help him with love, with prayer. Help him. He needs what? He needs help. Love him. If you can't love your enemy the same as you love those who love you, you are no better off than the publicans. That's right. That's what the church has failed to get. Are you still with me, people? Now, already the brother Brandon is telling you that as much as doctrine is right or is important, but as well, the condition of your heart is very much critical. And your attitude towards your brethren in relation to your doctrine is very critical. I believe a genuine Christian would not want to see anyone go into hell. But I believe a hypocrite says, let them go to hell so that I can prove that I was right. And that attitude will take you to hell faster than anything else. 
Our greatest desire is that everyone must escape the wrath of God. It is our desire. We know it is not possible, but it is our desire that no one should run short of the glory of God. Now, in the message, question and answers, paragraph 12, then he says, I'm now moving to sound doctrine. He says, but as a church and as a people and a congregation, we have to have a doctrine that we stand for in order to be a church. So that means a church is not just a bunch of people that come together and sing good hymns and get excited and go home. There must be a doctrine that the church stands for. Can somebody say amen to that? Uh, Look, folks, and I don't know why Paul, he wasn't generic and say the time will come where people will leave the gospel. He says the time will come where people will leave the sound doctrine. Are you still with me? Doctrine is too generic because doctrine is we love or is gospel. We love Jesus. We are going to heaven. It's good news. I, uh, gospel is good news. But Paul says, preach the whole counsel of God. What is the whole counsel of God? You must be able to deliver the bad news as well. What is the bad news? Sin will cost you. Are you still with me? I'm very suspicious of a gospel that is devout of condemnation of sin. Such a gospel will never take any way. It is just competing with motivational talks. Are you still with me? There are two things I spoke about it on Wednesday. Legalism where it is a bunch of laws. You must do this. You must do this. Brother Branham says that is not it. And there is another one that says laws are not important. We are liberal. We are free. We have received the gospel. Let's talk about the goodness and love of Jesus Christ. Again, that is not it. It is the middle of the ground. We must talk about his love, but we must talk about his justice. We must talk about his heaven, and we must talk about his hell. We must talk about his holiness, and we must talk about fleeing away from sin. That's the goal. Are you still with me, folks? I hope we are together here. Now he says, but as a church and as a people and a congregation, we have to have a doctrine that we stand for in order to be a church. And this doctrine that we stand for is the best of our knowledge to the word of God and the truth of, of word of God. Now, you have a perfect right to look at it differently, a different way if you wish to. But it says in order for us to be a church, we have to have a doctrine that we stand for. Are you still with me? And I'll come into what that doctrine is. Now, in the message, the total deliverance is still in the same line of thought. It says then we are going to get in a frame the doctrine that the church stands for and have it framed in here in the church what we stand for, the principles and the doctrine of the church. And to be a church, you've got to have a doctrine. Folks, I, one thing that I hate in my life is to find myself at a point where I don't know where I stand in relation to any issue for whatsoever. If there is a, a scriptural issue, I must have a scriptural stance. Are you still with me? There is no issue that I would want to avoid and say, this one I cannot get into it. It's not for us. If we speak about the vials, this church must know where we stand in relation to the vials. 
If we speak about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the church must know what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If we speak about the Son of Man, the church must know what is the Son of Man. Because what is happening, the prophet says, in the end time, what is going to take to stand, it will be a scripturally trained church. Are you still with me? A, a scripturally that means a church that goes an efficient material, a church that delves into the scriptures and say, what does this scripture say? What does this quotation say? And that whenever the enemy presents something, they already have a stand. Because if you stand for nothing, you will fall for everything. You must have a somewhere where you stand. That is why, that is why you can never be an elder in the message and not know the doctrine. It it, it, it just doesn't make sense. An elder has to know what is COD. An elder must know what is the doctrine of the church. And Brother Branham says, if you ever get to a point where as a deacon you disagree with the doctrine of the church, then it says that time you must never be a deacon. Because one time they wanted a certain man to be a deacon, and Brother Bram says, but he's not yet in our faith, therefore he cannot be a deacon. Are you still with me? Why, why is it like that, and why I'm saying that? It's because when you are an elder in the church, you're not just an old man in church. You are there as a custodian to protect the church. And how will you protect the church if you don't know where you stand? Are you still with elders must be readers. Elders must know what the prophet has taught. Elders must be able to confront error and say this is not messagical. Are you still with me folks? There is more and I'm going to come to the lady but I'm saying to the elders because around the world and, and elders maybe I at the risk of sounding very controversial. Elders must never be afraid of a pastor. Elders must never be afraid of a pastor. Because why? In a church of in the environment of the church of God, no no, fear must never prevail. Love must prevail. The moment I fear you, something is wrong with you. Because I must not fear you, I must love you. Are you still with me here? That what why? The church must be able, Brother Brandon, we read a quotation here on Wednesday, where he says, the same message that I preached many years ago, I still stand by the same message. Now, if Brother Brandon had deviated, I think the onus was for the elders to say, but Brother Brandon, this is not how you taught it in 1984. Why are you changing it the way you taught it? Are you still here, people? Are you still here? Uh, me, if you change a stand, you have got to tell me why are you changing. And it has to be public and say, look, here, I got it wrong, but the right one is way. Because that's how the prophet did the matters. Are you still with me here? And you know what I know, what, what, what is going on, where doctrines have been flooded in the message, and men are afraid to confront pastors and say, pastor, but this one, is not the way the prophet said it. Amen. This is an opinion. It's not, I look in the scripture. I look in the message. It does not, it does not flesh. Let, let's, let's reason together. 
those conversations are no longer there. That's why we are getting weaker and weaker. Because we are failing to contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, he says in the message, what is the Holy Ghost? Paragraph 8. What is the Holy Ghost? Paragraph 8. He says, you know, every church, every church, you know, every church, if you don't have a doctrine, you are not a church. Can you say amen to that? You know, every church, if you don't have a doctrine, if you don't have a teaching, scriptural teaching, something that you base your eternal destination upon, and remember, a doctrine cannot be just modified willy-nilly. It's something that must be consistent. Are you still with me, people? You are not a church. You've got to have something that you stand for. Some principles that you are holding up. And regardless of what a person's affiliation or denomination might be, if that person is born of the Spirit of God, that's my brother or my sister regardless. Now, he's telling you, have a doctrine, but it must not be divisive. Where if somebody does not believe like you, you excommunicate them. Although they may be different, but they're still your brother. But again, you must have something that you stand on, a principle. Are you still with me? Why am I saying that? It's because as a church, we must have a conviction. As a church, we must have a stand. Our young people must know what is our stand. Our elderly people must know what is our scriptural stand. Where do we stand when it comes to this matter? Are you still with me? Let's bring in the message redemption by judgment. Sort of a something that he was speaking about, Brother Neva. Amen. He says, Now I I believe there was something else. Just the announcement, I sure appreciate our pastor here, Brother Neville, a true servant of the Lord. Just as soon as anything you know, a real shepherd will watch. A real shepherd is suspicious by nature. Because he's watching over the sheep. Anything that comes is watching, where did it start and where is it going? He's vigilant at all times. Are you still with me? You know, a real shepherd will watch. If there is anything gets wrong with the sheep, he's right on the guard. Isn't he? Isn't he? A real shepherd, but a hireling runs back and lets the thing go through and kill the sheep. Is that right? So that means for a real shepherd, if something, if a wolf comes to attack the sheep, it has to go through the shepherd. But a hireling will run for cover. And only come after the whatever wolf has disappeared. Are you still with me? Yeah. Now it says, but a real shepherd is on the guard. And it says, a little tract was passed and sent out this week to many of the members of the church through here, as I understand, was concerning a doctrine, a cult that originates in West Virginia. 
It's nothing, friends. It's nothing new. It's old. They deny his name being Jesus. Now, the pastor, which was Pastor Neville, he says, now the pastor, as soon as he found it, he rushed to write it to me and tells me about it. Something to be done. Are you still with me? If a wrong doctrine comes, we are not folding our arms. Are you still with me? These are the people distributing a a material, and this material was denying the name of Jesus Christ. And as soon as Brother Neville got hold of it, he runs to Brother Brenham and says, there is something happening with the prophet. We must do something about it, because why? If you don't do anything about it, it will bring confusion. Are you still with me, people? I hope we are together. Then he says, now, and the pastor, as soon as he found it, he rushes right to me and tells me about it. Something to be done. I said, well, surely the church established enough in the gospel of Jesus Christ knows better than that. Yeah. Are you with me? Now, there is this cult that is distributing track, and the pastor rushes to the prophet and says, we've got to do something about it. The prophet said, don't worry. The church that is established in sound doctrine will never be swayed away by that doctrine. Amen. Are you still here, people? The, the problem today in certain areas, and I'll get to where Brother Bram says, preaching is wonderful, but it says teaching places a believer positionally. A lot of times preaching condemns you, condemns you, but what is going to fortify you as a believer? You have to be positionally placed by teaching, because teaching will tell you who you are. Are you still here? I hope we are together here. Then it says, they call it Yahoo, Yeshua, Yahoo. Now, our old dear Brian, that comes here once in a while. He's mixed up in that too. Mrs. Larson, that was once here with us, she's into that also. And getting a whole group of them start. Are you, I, hope, I hope you understand what is going on here, people. This is the church at Brenham Tavern. They are moving in a certain direction. And Satan starts something, an ism somewhere there. An ism has victims. This brother, that brother, brother Ryan, moves and joins up and goes mix up into that. Brother Lasson goes, with Mrs. Lasson goes up there. Now, Brother Brenham, when that is happening, is not shaken. He says the church is established in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will never be shaken. Let me say this to you. We're going to invite a lot of ministers here to preach to you. That's part of the fivefold ministry. But the reason we invite them, we don't say all of them are going to be right. We don't say all of them are going to preach the right stuff. And if something, if somebody comes and preaches a wrong thing, uh, as a gentleman, we are not going to be rooted towards them. We're still going to love them. But we're going to correct that after they are gone. Because any doctrine is bound, it's, if it is a wrong doctrine, it will be like a, a cancer in the church. If a man comes and preaches polygamy, by next Sunday I'm rectifying what he's spoken about. I'm not even going to wait for a month. Right there, what was said it is not the truth. So that the sheep know where I stand. Because why? When a man comes and preaches the wrong doctrine, as he's preaching, a lot of times the church thinks, does the pastor know about this? 
Is the pastor using this man to test whether this doctrine can be accepted? So I must disown it. And say, I thought the brother will preach the gospel, but what he's preaching is not what we believe. And anything that I've taught you will remain, no matter where you are. Are you still here, people? And I want you to stand on what you have been taught. Isms are going to come, but you have to. Doctrines are going to come, but you have to. And that is why you have to search the message. Are you still with me? The brothers, there are a group of brothers in America that wanted to organize a meeting. And they call it the pastor's meeting, the minister's meeting. And they say they wanted to sit down and have a, a session where they're going to look into the message and make sense of the message. Then when I heard about it, I said, this is a, a Nazia council in the message. We are not going to be part of it. If you are still trying to make sense of the message now, you are not going to get sense out of the message. The message has long been sensible when Brother Branham was here. The message must be accepted. Are you still with me? But but why is there a need? Is there for to modify the message? I hope we are together. Now, in the message, brother. At thy weight, Lord, I'll let down the net. Paragraph 21. Are you still with me? He says in this message, he says, God hath set in the church a gift. First, the Bible. Now, I'm strictly a fundamentalist. And I share the same sentiment with Brother Brenham. I'm a strictly a fundamentalist. First, it says, if anything doesn't come from this Bible, it isn't true. Uh, are you with me, people? No matter how good it sounds, if it does not come from the Bible, we reject it. I say we reject it. No matter how much it is being presented with a highest degree of articulation, we reject it. It must come from the Bible. He says, I believe that this is God's truth. And everything, every doctrine must be based upon this New Testament. The New Testament church. This is the prophet saying that. Are you still with me? So, why am I saying this? There's going to be a need to be very creative as time goes by. But the question would be, whatever we do in our creativity, does it come from the Bible? And anything that you do that does not come from the Bible will never deliver the biblical results. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Let's come to the fundamental foundation for faith. Amen. Amen. Now it says, fundamental foundation for faith, paragraph 22. He says, if the church, and let me, there was a doctrine that made rounds a while back, where they were speaking about two souls. 
that when you receive the weight, your old soul that is dead gets annihilated, then you receive a new soul. Well, what a hellish doctrine. A soul, we're taught by Brother Brandon that it is a part of God. How does a part of God get annihilated? Are you with me, people? Now, we, we know that before the gospel, yes, our souls had to be quickened. Our soul was not, we were not dead. Life was there, lying dormant, waiting for the light of the hour to strike that life. And as soon as that the light struck the life, then that, the, that soul came back to life. Are you still with me? Now, if you say, I, I, I must, let the, the old soul must go, I must receive new soul, what are you talking about? Amen. Is there a scripture for it? Because that soul is my identity. Amen. That soul is who I am. It's my realness in God. Then if you say, I must let go of my realness and release, receive another part from where? I am giving an example of things that can come that sound very good to the ear, but they don't have the scriptural base. Are you still with me? I hope we are together. He says, if the body is correctly wired and the chair and the father in heaven Turns the big master switch on. Something is going to rise up. He says that's if the body, if the building is properly wired, if it's properly, it's properly taught, and every fiber of our body being lost in Christ and to his word alone. Now, if you've got a theology, and if you've got some doctrine, and if you've got some superstition, and you've got some unbelief, and you've got something that stops up somewhere, then that energy can never pull through. Uh, are you still with me? Yeah. If you have what? If you have superstition, if you have some doctrine that is not in line with the weight, if you have some unbelief, it will stop that somewhere that the energy can never pull through. But when you go to a place where you are perfectly wired and the master electrician has okayed it by sealing it with the Holy Spirit, the only thing is just to turn on the switch then. Then there will be a light to show. That's right. Are you still with me? You've got to be, the teaching is here to wire the church. And after the wiring has been done, the great electrician must switch the light on. And if everything is right, the current will run through. But if there is an ism, if there is a superstition, if there is a funny doctrine, then it gets clocked up. I hope somebody understands. Now in the message, adoption. Paragraph 6, before I get into some scriptures. He says, the Bible, teach, the Bible teaching is usually little treacherous, treacherous, dangerous. A little, you know, kind of walking out on the, on the thin eyes, we call it. But we just feel that maybe at this point, at this time, 
it might be good to kind of bring the church to what I think, to a complete understanding positionally of what we are in Christ Jesus. And sometimes I think that preaching is wonderful. But I believe sometimes, Brother Bila, that teaching goes beyond that. It kind of especially to a church. Remember, preaching brings a person in. It condemns them. It finds them in a certain condition. Then the gospel is preached. That's why you've got evangelists. Somebody that is an evangelist, if they try to be a pastor. Hallelujah. You see, the most dangerous thing about evangelists, they bring people in. And after they've brought the people in, then they counter that, look, 40% of the church was brought by me. Actually, I can be a pastor. Then he decides to be a pastor. The first month, he can pull almost 1,000 people. But as long as he remains there, the same 1,000 that he has brought in, he will drive them out. Because he's got nothing to give them. His ministry is to tell them that repent or perish. His ministry is to tell them that you are dressed immodestly. You will go to hell. But what happens after they have let go of their immodest clothes? What happens after they have let go of worldly things and they remain in front of them eventually? He's got nothing to give them because he is not a teacher. He is an evangelist. Evangelist must never remain in one place. Brother Roman says he's like a ball of fire. He moves in this city into that city. As soon as the people repent, he hands them over to a pastor. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? Now it says, now preaching usually catches the sinner and brings him under condemnation by the weight. Folks, yes, we must be condemned. But there must come a point where we say, therefore there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Are you still with me? Yes, when I'm outside Christ, condemn me. But when I'm in Christ, feed me the food that reflects where I am. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? Now, preaching usually catches the sinner, brings him under condemnation by the weight. This makes me wonderful. Remember, condemnation comes because you don't know who you are. Are you still with me? But after you know who you are, there is no more need for condemnation. Are you still with me? But it says, but teaching places the man positionally what he is. We can never rightly be able to have faith until positionally we know what we are. And the prophet of God says, the day the bride recognizes who she is, then the rapture will take place. What will make the bride to recognize who she is? There must be sound teaching. You know, let me put it this way. If the Israelites on their way to, uh, to, to, the, to Canaan, had they known who they were and they were positionally in the scripture, they would have never intermarried with the Moabites. 
Are you still with me, folks? I hope we are together. Now, let's come to the scripture of Paul here. Brother, let's bring Romans 18 from verse 16. Let's read it together. Or maybe, brother, before I get to there, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 26, so it will be all over the place. It reads in this manner. Let's just focus on the screen. He says, how is it then, brethren? When you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine. Have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. I'm zooming in. That means if you've got a doctrine, it must edify the church. Are you still with me? Brother Branham would have used the way to that it has to spiritually immunize the church. From end time infections. Are you with me? Romans 16 verse 16. Verse 6. Verse 16 rather, sorry. He says, salute one another with a holy kiss. Amen. Holy kiss, folks. I see cheek to cheek these days. Holy kiss in those days, they would kiss on your neck. I'm just saying it so that you know. Amen. The churches of Christ salute you. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. We can read much better than that. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. And avoid. That's the scripture. How can two walk together unless they agree? Are you still? Yes, you can help a polygamist, but up to a point. Are you still with me? If you hang around with him longer, you end up being a polygamist. There's no way two powers can come together without one power giving or yielding to the other power. Are you still with me? Then it says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. But their own belly. This is the Biliam religion. Amen. This is the religion of offering and tithes. Hallelujah. 
it doesn't take you to heaven, it is there to search your pocket. Yes, and the prophet and Paul says, Mark such Amen. and avoid such. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obediency is come abroad unto all men. I'm glad therefore on your behalf. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good. And simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. But before Satan is bruised under your feet, you have to be careful that Satan must never derail you. Are you still with me? Let's come, brother, this quotation. Spiritual, early spiritual experiences. Paragraph 7. The prophet of God says, I have never been ashamed, and God helped me to always be man enough to stand up and speak my convictions. Are you with me? Folks, let's put it this way. When Brother Brandon was around, there was a time when he was challenged by 300 ministers. And a room was booked where they were going to challenge him on his doctrine. And Brother Brenham told the organizer of the meeting that actually the room that we are meant to use, we are not going to use that room, we'll use a different room, and this would be the color of the room. And when they got there on that day, the man before he announced or introduced Brother Brenham, he said, Brother Bram told me this, that we would not use the room that we initially booked, we would use this room. And he told me exactly how you guys would be sitting in this room. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Then he says, as we welcome Brother Branham onto the podium, and Brother Bram took the, the platform. Then he stood there, he said, Brethren, I know you wanted to challenge me on my doctrine on water baptism. I know you wanted to challenge me on the serpent seat. I know you wanted to challenge me on women preachers. I know you wanted to challenge me on the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he says, if any of you would want to challenge me, let them come and stand on my right hand side. This was 300 ministers. And when he said that, none of them moved. And the prophet later says, the angel of the Lord was standing on my right hand side with a sword out ready to strike. Now, go and check. The very same ministers told Brother Brandon that, look, we are going to be baptized. After what we have seen, we are going to be baptized. And later in your message, the false anointed ones, he says none of them showed up. This was now in the 60s. Now we are here in the 20s. Are you still in the notice? Now, here where we are, 
the grandchildren of those ministers, they want to challenge a man that is not around. When their forefathers who did not were not able to challenge him when he was around. Now it depends on you. Are you gonna allow their grandchildren to challenge you? Your prophet came to the fore with conviction and said, If you challenge me, come and stand on my right hand. And I say, Whatever the prophet did will do exactly the same thing. If he never bowed down to them, we'll never bow down to them. Because why? We are persuaded. That this is a sound doctrine. Are you still with me? He says, I've never been ashamed. And God helped me to always be man enough to stand up and speak my convictions. Oh, brother, I like a man that will stand and speak his convictions. Not a man that will try to smoothen things over. A man that knows that this is the right way. This is the Holy Ghost way. It's unpopular, but I've adopted it. It's my way. He says, for if I'm not, I will be a traitor to Christ. And I'm glad that you report that William Branham never became a traitor. William Branham never became a traitor. He kept his faith until to the end. I believe, he says, I believe in the old fashioned baptism, baptizing of the Holy Ghost. I believe that a man has got to be born again or he's still a sinner. I believe it's only through the grace of God that is called of the Holy Ghost. We do not receive the Holy Ghost by faith believing. It's the free gift of God given to us by God's grace. That's where I was different with my own church. The church that I come from, that Baptist church, they said you said you received the Holy Ghost when you believe. Then Brother said, that's not the case. You believe the Holy Ghost because God trusts you. He says obedience to the word of God entitles you to the token. Are you still with me? Then the message, one in a million, paragraph 46. Quite many quotations today. He says, He says, if I don't speak my convictions, I'm a hypocrite. Now I'm not even honest with you. And if I can't be honest with you, how will I be honest with God? Because I see you and talk to you, because we do to God too. But we've got to be really sincere and honest with one another. We are certainly in a horrible age. The, look, look, brethren, most of us, when we read these spoken words, we think it was easy. When Brother Brennan preached marriage and divorce, do you think with that auditorium full to capacity, was it easy for the man of God to stand behind the pulpit in this modern age and deliver what he delivered? In one message, marriage and divorce, we are told as he is preaching, some women packed their bags and nudged their husband and they left the meeting while the service was going on. Did William Brennan change on that? William Brennan was not a traitor. 
even when his son was involved in marriage and divorce issue, William Branham came before the church and said, I told Billy he's wrong. He never spared his family. He never spared his friends. He never spared his church because this was a true man of God. I hope those that believe in his ministry will be like him. In the message, who do you say, this is it? Paragraph 22. He says, now I have a message from God. Hallelujah. I have a message from that I feel. Hallelujah. I don't want to be different, but I must be honest. And if I don't speak my convictions, then you can't have no confidence in me. You know why I've got confidence in what he taught? He said, even if I don't understand it, I must believe it. At the day of judgment, he will stand for it. And this was not just a Tom Deacon Harry speaking. This was a prophet of God. He knew what God's punishment was. You remember when he came to, from South Africa where he listened to a group of ministers instead of God. How he suffered for seven years. So he knew exactly what he was talking about. And all we're going to say on that day through ministers of this message is to say we preach exactly what the man of God preached. Are you still with me? That is why. That is why it is dangerous to preach without referring to the prophet. Because when you preach without referring to the prophet, you are preaching your own message. And let me tell you, we have not gathered here to believe your own message. We have gathered here to believe Malachi for message. And when you preach for us, when you preach for us, from time to time, make us comfortable and say, the prophet said, the prophet said, the prophet said. Because why? We are basing our eternal destination on what the prophet said. Not on what you said. You can never stand for us. But he will stand for us. So already you get a sense. The sound doctrine has to be based on the teachings of William Brenham. And I have said and many a times in this church, the teachings of William Brenham are not optional. In this church, they are mandatory. It is what drives the church. It's what the church is based on. It is the reference for the church at all times. Are you still with me? Because if we gather like this and refer to our own opinions, everyone has got their own opinion. And if we listen to your opinion, we must listen to his opinion. And if you listen to your opinion, we must listen to our opinion. We don't care about opinions. We want to know what the prophet messenger said. Because we are basing that on what he said. William Brenham is not an alternative. And don't get stumbled. There is no difference between the message and the messenger. The scripture, the quotation says, all the mysteries will be revealed in that Elijah. In that Elijah. Amen. You can't put the message there and put the prophet there. No, sir. Are you still with me? He says, but if I don't speak my convictions, then you can't have no confidence in me because I would be more like a traitor or a hypocrite. I want to be anything else besides that. You see, I might lose a few friends on earth, 
I want to stay true to my convictions, to what I think is right. Did he lose friends? He lost many friends. Dear friends that have supported him, he lost them. But he never became a traitor to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the message, the resurrection of Lazarus. This quotation excited me last night. Where Brother Brown says, Brother, I feel real good about it anyhow. What this church needs today is a good revival. Not a new doctrine. Not a new? Or a, a new order. Just a stirring up of what you already know about it. What he has already delivered, we just need the stirring up of the one thing. Everything that you have read is enough. You just need the stirring up of that. Are you still with me? Now, in the message, question and answers. Paragraph 350. He says... But I'm just laying down to this church this few days here. The doctrine that this church stands for. Remember, Brother Brenham would go around to Louisiana, would go around to, to Chef Report, and a lot of times he says, when I'm there, I'm just teaching where I agree with the brethren. But he says, when I return back to, to Brenham Tabernacle, I appreciate the doctrine. Are you still with me? Now, a lot of times, what he preached in his church, it is what we are basing our teachings on. Are you still with me? This church is run 100%. We want it to run 100% the way Brenham Tabernacle ran. Did you get it to me? He says, I'm just laying down to this church these few days here. The doctrine that this church stands for. That's what the church stands for. If there is a deacon here that doesn't believe in the baptism in Jesus Christ's name or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit being manifest, that deacon right here while I'm standing here doesn't deserve to be in the church until he gets made right. One thing that I love about William Brenham is a very honest man. Are you still with me? Now it says, that's right. And the board ought to see to that. This church is not controlled by deacons. This church is controlled by the Bible and the Holy Ghost alone. Amen. Are you still with me, folks? Amen. Now, but the reason it says the, the board ought to see to that, as you move around, that is why I say when you are an elder, you have to read. There's been a time where I think some of you may go and refer to the message that I preached on the mystery of the wedding veil. And I really took my time there showing you how we believed it when we were growing up is not how the prophet taught it. When we were growing up, the wedding veil, we used to refer that it represents virginity. 
But the prophet at no point in time said it refers to virginity. It says, he said it refers to headship. There's more than 10 quotations to support that. But because of traditions, we have always thought it is that way. But when we go and search in the message, we realize that it was a tradition. It was not a scripture. And when we find out that something is a tradition and it's not a scripture, we reject that tradition from that time. Even if we have practiced it for 100 years, if there is no scripture to support it, we repent and say, brethren, we are sorry. It was a tradition. It's not what the message said. Are you still with me, brethren? That is why. A lot of times, the commandments of men have frustrated a lot of souls and have killed a lot of souls. How many things have we adopted along the way and we thought it was the message? I had somebody, uh, and I was sharing with the deacons, uh, with the the elders the other time. A man comes behind the pulpit. He wants to preach birth control behind the pulpit. What nonsense is that? Did Brother Brenham teach you that? Uh, that? That's not a doctrine. Amen. And Brother Brenham, Billy Paul says, a couple came to Brother Brenham and said, Brother Brenham, shall we practice birth control? And Brother Brenham said, yes. And he says, another one came and said, shall we practice it? And the prophet said, no. Which means every case is different. But we've got very enthusiastic ministers that come and want to take certain things and make them a generic doctrine. Yes, Brother Brim say, a woman must never keep a cat in replacement of a child. But the same prophet comes and says to Billy Paul, these grandsons are appearing too fast. That's in a message, who is this Melchizedek? He says, when God said, multiply and replenish the earth, he did not put the whole burden upon you alone, Billy Paul. So everything, there's got to be a balance, folks. But how many people have been destroyed by wrong doctrines, by man-made doctrines? Families have been ripped apart. That is why I say, let's return back to what the tape said. Are you still with me? Amen. That is why in this church, when you preach, you must really have preached. Amen. And really check what you are preaching. Is it really sound? It's not just an excitement. Because we've got the light of the hour to scrutinize it. Amen. You can't come here. Brother Bram says he prefers that women should not work. You know that quotation. Amen. But it says if she, he cannot afford, sister, you can help him. Amen. Is it? Amen. In one message, Brother Ram is on the stage, on the podium. He says he descends a certain sister, sister, you have been looking for a job. Receive your job. Yes. Now, if you're going to take that and say, sisters must never work, this is our doctrine, Who are you ta- where are you taking it from? If a brother can afford, and if your brother affords, praise be to God. But don't condemn somebody whose brother cannot afford. Does the church understand what I'm talking about? I'm saying we must not make a preference a doctrine. Because it will not make that doctrine to be sound because it's man-made. But we have a doctrine. 
that is indisputable. You must live a clean life. That's the doctrine of the church. A young man must never kiss a young woman before the pastor pronounces them men and woman. That's the doctrine of the church. A man cannot divorce and marry another woman while the partner is still alive. That's the doctrine of the church. Sisters must wear modestly, not clothes that shave them. That's the doctrine of the church. Women must never cut their hair. That's the doctrine of the church. Men must never wear shorts. A man that wears shorts belongs to BSS. Big sissy society. Amen. Come on. Yes. Are you here, people? Amen. That's our doctrine. That's what we stand on. Are we going to change that? No, sir. Not in a million chance. You can persuade us on certain things, but on others you can never persuade us. Yes. Are you still with us? There are certain things that are no-go area. You can never change them in this church because they were taught by the prophet messenger and he is gone. He has left the message. We will never change the message in his absentia. Are you still with me? Must I relax my hair? Must it be natural? That's not a doctrine. The doctrine is that the hair must be uncut. That's the only doctrine that I have. And that if your hair, brother, ask brother Brahma and say, is it right if I dye my hair? He says, make sure that the color that you use to dye your hair is the same color as your hair. You can't come here being black and with the red hair. We'll ask you, have you lost your mind? Are you still with me? Folks, sisters, be pretty, but don't be wealthy. Can I get an amen there? I don't say be sure. Be pretty, but make sure that you exercise discernment. And don't break the scripture in the process. Does it make sense, folks? Amen. And another sound doctrine is that we don't officiate a marriage of a believer with an unbeliever. Do you believe it? I've taught it in this church. I will never do it. If I've done it in the past, it was out of naivety, but I will not do it. If you go and marry a donkey church, let the donkey pastor arrange everything. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. We will attend. Invite us. We will attend by all means. But as just brethren. But not to participate. If deacons are needed, let the donkey church deacons run the program. Song leaders from the church run the program. Because why? You have chosen there. You are proud. We can only help you after in terms of testifying to a person, but we will not endorse it. Anyone, any young person that is within the sound of my voice, they have heard me and heard me very well. And your parents, when the day comes, don't say, hey, Muruti. No, no, no. I've preached it. You have heard me. Don't say, it's personal. Yes, it's personal. I cannot divorce my convictions. 
Even if somebody can come with you by a corner and say, I don't worry, we'll make a plan. I'm the pastor. Amen. If I say no, I will not come. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Come, Second Timothy 4. We have to stand for something. Amen. And we have to be prepared to die for what we stand for. Amen. amen. Let's go back to the scripture that we read. We're not going to wrap up. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the way to be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I was telling the Wednesday service, I say in certain churches in America when you go and preach, you are asked that you must never mention Brother Branham's name when you preach. I tell you, if I ever visit any church where they tell me that I must never mention Brother Branham's name before I preach, I will definitely excuse myself and not even preach. What am I, where am I going to preach? What am I going to preach? Are you with me? But after their own last shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. And watch thou in all things endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make proof, full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present well, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. And Brother Branham says when he speaks in the message at the present stage of our ministry, his ministry, he says Demas did not live to go to a nightclub. He says he was a polished preacher. Then he says, only Luke is with me. Take Mark, bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. My greatest desire is to be profitable to the Malachi for ministry. Are you with me? And we know what Paul was subjected to based on his standpoint. And I'm saying in closing, let us avoid gospels that itches our ears, that comforts us in our era. We rather have a, a gospel that makes us to be uncomfortable, but we make sure that we reach our destination. God bless you richly. As we stand to our feet.
Let's just sing a worshipping song.
Kune, rain King Jesus, rain King Jesus. Brother Kune is around, just give him a round of applause. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Let's soldier on. Amen. Give us a song, and then Brother Washington, just come and say a word of prayer for us. Amen.
Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you this morning, Lord. The ministry was playing. And the prophet has prophesied. Heavenly Father, this morning, the trumpet has been blown. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. That we stand for sound doctrine this morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father. We want to thank you, Heavenly Father, that we still have ministers. We still have men with a backbone. Who's still standing for the same message? The sages of all, Heavenly Father, we're desiring to see this day. Yes. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for using the man of God. Heavenly Father, your children have been blessed. We are blessed. We want to thank you that you're still some yesterday, today, and forever, Lord. That this message, Lord, didn't end with the Malachi 4. No, sir. But Heavenly Father, we are still lifting the banner. And to this day, we need this sound doctrine, Heavenly Father. Mm. We want to thank you, Heavenly Father, that let this be hidden right in our hearts. Let us be encouraged this morning, Heavenly Father, and take this and hide it, Lord, right in the inner chambers of our hearts, Lord, that we still stand with Malachi 4. We want to thank you for as simple as it was being explained here, Lord, but it was deep, Heaven Father. We're speaking to your church, Heaven Father, telling them, Lord, what you want. We want to thank you, Heaven Father, that we still believe the same message. They might come, Lord, with sugar coating, Father. Mm. But we want to thank you this morning, Lord, that we don't take that sugar coat, Heavenly Father. Yes. We still stand with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Yes. We still stand with Malachi 4. Exactly. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for your God in simplicity. Simple as it was, but deep it was to us this morning, Heavenly Father. We want to be encouraged, Heavenly Father. That these things are the ones that make us get into rapture. It might look as APCs of the message, but Heavenly Father, that APC is what we need in our life, Lord. Exactly. Yes, we need the mysteries. Yes, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. As the preachers told us, that the teacher positionally places the church where it's supposed to be. We want to thank you, Father, for all the mysteries that were revealed and we're living in this day, Lord. Nothing is hidden to us. That's why this morning, Lord, is simple as it was, but deep in our hearts, we take these things, Father. They are the ones, Father, that will take us right where we should be. They are the ones that positionally places every believer where it's supposed to be, Father, this morning. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. We want to thank you as you commit everything in your hands, Father. Even the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Father. Amen.
Amen. God bless you richly till we see you on Wednesday. Amen. Amen. Let's just sing a song, jubilant song, till we meet. Amen. Turn around to say your neighbor, God bless you. It was good to see you in church. Thank you.